0: I'm so the big show with gordon monson and jake scott presented by big o tires stop by your locally owned big o tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires big o tires the team you trust this is 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network
1: it's big show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 1280 the zone want to say thank you to our title sponsor big o tires winter tires starting at only 49.95 only at big o tires they have no credit needed financing available big o tires the team you trust we're going to talk to frank dolce coming up here momentarily we'll talk to him uh, obviously about the big game coming up this weekend against usc we'll talk to him a little bit uh, about bill marcroft as well as uh, he passed away over the weekend the longtime voice of uh, the utes Uh, Bill Marcroft and um, yeah Frank worked with him for a while in fact I I was trying to think about how many years Frank would have done the broadcast with Bill but uh, it was it was a few
2: yes it was and uh, yeah they had a had quite the uh, camaraderie on the Ute uh, telecast and broadcast I mean so let's let's hear from Frank.
1: Yeah, out to the zone phone we go. Uh, Joining us now, former Ute, longtime Utah analyst Frank Dolce, with us here on the big show. Uh, Frank, uh, how how many years did you do the broadcast with Bill Markroff?
3: Oh, you know, I I was thinking about that, and I to be honest, I did, I never got to the point of calculating how many years that was. When did when did Bill retire? Oh, four, right after. Yeah.
1: yeah, right after the the Fiesta so yeah,
3: I was. I started in uh, 1993 with Bill, '93 season. So
1: 10, 11 years. It's a long yeah.
3: time. It uh, was a long time.
1: I I saw your reaction on on Twitter, Frank. But uh, take us through it uh, when you heard the news uh, yesterday.
3: Oh, you know, it's just. Uh, Gosh. <laughs> He he's, he was just one of a kind, and um, I think – I felt, anyway, I think a lot of people probably feel a sense – a real sense of loss because he was such a unique individual uh, and because he meant so much to so many people, and he wasn't unapproachable. I mean, I think that – one of the things I always think about Bill is – Uh, And one of the things I hope I learned from Bill is that you always, he he always had time for, for anybody. And, 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 you know, it it can, you know, it can get long days can get long talking about Utah athletics or whatever you may be involved with can get long. And I know you guys face it too, but somebody inevitably will come up to you after doing some broadcast or something and, they want to talk about the game or a player or some incident. And, and Bill always had time for that. And he always made whomever asked the question feel like it was the most important question he heard that day. And I think that was unique about, about him. He always made time for people. He always had time for people. And like I said, he was very
0: approachable.
2: Frank, do you have any stories, behind-the-scenes stories, something that happened during a broadcast or during a game or anything
3: you can share? Well, there's plenty that I can't share. No, that's probably not true. <laughs> uh, there, there's, there are there's so many. In fact, I started making a little bit of a list of things that I remember um, in, in spending time with Bill and all the years on the road and, uh, the things that he loved. And, you know, in, in, when we went to Arizona, he always had his favorite Mexican restaurant that he enjoyed. And when we went to Laramie, Wyoming, then we always had to go to the cavalry man. And, um, he was, he, he was just super unique. I think one of my favorite stories about him, um, is when Utah played at Michigan. Um, This was obviously several years ago, and we were sitting in the big house. And Bill, you know, Bill's the ultimate pro broadcaster, um, and he always did something special, I guess. Um, His pregame, he always read it live. It was never... he he didn't necessarily record he always kind of read it live and so for this particular game going to the big house at at that point utah football and utah athletics was a big deal and he spent you know we we got to the we got to the stadium about five or six hours early which we always did when when we were on the road which was also unique um most of the time, during a significant portion of our time together, he was also the engineer, set up all of the equipment himself. We didn't have a, an engineer on the road, and so he, he managed all of that. And, uh, oh, a couple hours before, before the game, and as we were getting prepared for the pregame stuff, Bill took out a legal pad, a yellow legal pad, and wrote, hand-wrote about three pages of notes that would serve as his opener for Utah at Michigan. And I, I don't know if that recording still exists, but uh, Sharif Shaw and I stood in the press box and li- listened to Bill give that pregame monologue and – it was i mean i i don't really think that i get too emotional about things <laughs> but it was as emotional as i would ever get witnessing something occur live like that and that's a talent that <laughs> that bill had and not i don't i don't know that many other people have the ability to set the scene and to make you feel like you're experiencing what he is experiencing right there next to him.
1: You know, on a similar note, Frank, I was uh, I was going to ask you. I'm I'm always uh, I, it's always impressive how play-by-play voices connect so well with their fans and the ones that stay around for a long time. I mean, the the connection that jazz fans had with Hot Rod Hunley, or we talked about Paul James uh, earlier. But why do you think you fans had such a connection to Bill Markroff?
3: Because he loved the youth it was it was evident, it was clear, it was palpable when When Utah was winning, Bill Marcroft's voice was was joyful, and when Utah was losing, his voice was mournful <laughs> it, if you ever listen to him call a broadcast, I think you would agree with that.
2: And so how did you react to
3: that as uh, you were filling in your parts? I, I just tried to keep up. I mean, <laughs> honestly, it's like, you know, I stepped in to the broadcast booth cold um, right after my senior year. And Bill was an experienced pro, and he just kind of held my hand, and would would very subtly just give me tips. He never he never we did one kind of dry run. We watched some film once, and he talked, and then I did what I thought I should do, and he just kind of subtly pulled me along, and uh, and then the 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 only thing that I did, and the best thing that I ever did. Was just to observe how he prepared for a broadcast and the things that that he did in a broadcast, and then I just tried to as as best I could to to just react and to keep up with him.
2: Did you uh, ever get in any arguments?
3: <laughs> well, sh- sh- we. I, I I wouldn't say we we got into arguments. Uh I I would say that um there were times, there were times when I was probably and people might say this still today there are times when I when I probably wasn't uh very respectful uh on air and um and and Bill would just note that. I mean, he, it wasn't like an argument. It was like my it was like my granddad saying Hey, you know, keep it classy. Be be a good guy. Tell the story, uh, and and that's that's what you do. You tell the story. You don't need to editorialize it. That's not necessarily your job. So, um, yeah, I, I, I in all the years that we worked together, um, you know, the maybe the 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 argument we got into was about where we were gonna have the meal you know the night before the game but (laughs) but it's just yeah he was he he was truly one of a kind they broke the mold and um I mean he's just he'll, he'll always be the voice of the Utes to me
1: Frank Dolce with us, 97.5 and 12 of the zone. Uh, Frank, I do want to ask you about the big game we have coming up, hopefully, knock on wood, Utah and USC. And I, I um, am not going to disguise my opinion on this question uh, very well, but uh, USC, this week, this past week, they had two running backs who were averaging 6.8 and 6.7 yards per carry. Yet those two running backs only got 12 carries apiece. Uh, and Keaton Slovis, meanwhile, threw the ball 43 times, 43 times. Frank, do you, what do you think about the air raid at USC? Is that a good, is that offense a good fit there?
3: When you're averaging, I mean, t- to me, the, there's still some foundation, foundational things about football, and especially college football. I mean, I still think that, that, A sound basis in the run game is is critical to success, Um, especially in you know with well matched teams. The ability to control the line of scrimmage on either side of the ball is (laughs) you just can't get around it. I mean, we want to talk about the quarterbacks and the running backs and the receivers and everything, but if nothing's happening up front, then nothing's happening, and that's just that's just how it goes. and so I, I, I feel like, that, you know, um, sometimes offensive coordinators and coaches and defense, everybody does it, but, you, you know, you just get too caught up in your own genius and you fail to process what's actually happening on the field. Um, you know broad, so coaches do that broadcasters do that you know there there were times it's this, this another great thing that that uh, Bill Bill Marcroft taught me uh, I would make a bunch of notes about a game I would have several pages of notes and then because I worked so hard on my notes I felt like well I have to work all these notes into the game I mean how how am I going to get through a game and 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 get to say everything that I've worked so hard to prepare and and Bill just, you know, simply said, hey, you know, that's all – it's all good. That's all good preparation background, but people want to know what's happening now. <laughs> and I think that coordinators, coaches kind of get caught up in that too. They they get so caught up in all of the stuff that they did to prepare and they forget on what's happening now. So, I don't know. I think USC should be – you know, I still want USC to be – um student body right and student body left and the pro style offense and heaven knows they can get all the talent in the world to be successful running that so i don't know that i i I mean when when you're when you're averaging six plus yards per carry with two backs then your quarterback probably shouldn't have to, to throw the ball unless it's absolutely necessary one of the things I've,
2: I've watched uh, parts of both of SC's games, and I don't necessarily want to use the word lucky, but it sure <laughs> seems to fit <laughs> when, when you're catching touchdown passes that are batted in the air by one of your teammates. And, uh, you know, winning games like that after falling behind early and and. Uh, Slovis, he had another one of those, I think against mm-hmm. Arizona where it's bad. Uh, is, is SC just not that good or are, are, teams, are these teams, they're playing better than we thought they were? Uh, and how, and I guess that's important
3: to know because how will that affect what happens on Saturday? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's probably a combination, um, I would say I think I would say that uh, USC is talented is is talented as anyone you'd come across. Um, Are they that good? Probably they're that good. Are they that well prepared? I don't know. I think that's where you have the that's where you have the question mark. And I've always felt that about about Coach Helton. I I really like him. By the way, I mean I've, I've said this a thousand times. I really that like that's a guy that you would say yeah I want my you know, I want him to lead my son, but, but, um, but in getting the most out of the talent that he has available, I just don't know that he's. I don't know that he's done that. And maybe this is a team that, you know, like all teams, struggling with trying to figure out what, you know, what the right process is under all of these crazy circumstances, and getting prepared to play games and everything else. You know, maybe that's affected them differently. But the talent that they have available on the field, um, you would think there would be a good game against Arizona State, um, but they would win. And I don't know if we could say that. I think, like, like I'm, I fall in line with what you said, Gordon. And I think that you would think they would just kind of, at least, at the very least, control the game against Arizona. And I don't know if, if we could say that happened either. So uh, the, based on the way that they've played, uh, you, you know, in a normal year, I would say Utah goes, you know, USC comes to Utah, Utah wins that game because Utah is foundationally a better program. The problem is USC has two games under their belts and Utah has zero. And that, I, I don't think you can overlook that fact.
1: Frank, thank you so much for jumping on, as always, and thank you for uh, sharing a couple of things about Bill Markroff. We really appreciate
3: it. That, absolutely. It's my pleasure. That guy was the best, and um, we're all going to miss him. And, you know, as much time as I got to spend with him, my big regret is I didn't take the time to spend more time with him. So he's uh, he's one of the all-time greatest.
1: Thanks, Frank. Appreciate sure. you. All right, there you go. That's our friend Frank Dolce jumping on with us. Uh, give Austin a few, and we'll get that up uh, online in podcast form at 1280thezone.com. We are live today from Larry H. Miller Ford Lincoln Draper, 11442 South Lone Peak Parkway. But really, just jump off uh, I-15 on 114 South, just on the west side of the freeway. Very, very easy to find. Our friend Eric jumping on with us once again. Uh, what are we talking about this time, Eric?
4: Well, yeah, this is the kind of time of year, right, where... You maybe you jump in your car and it tells you it's cold out, right? It yeah. starts a little slower and it feels a little more sluggish, and you maybe wish you had things like heated seats or heated steering wheel or remote start, right? And this week is going to be warming up a little bit, but we know that won't last long. Uh no. Yeah, so it's it's really time if your car's getting tired, it's time to trade up, right? And get yourself an upgrade that you you and your family deserve, and that's a perfect time to do it.
1: So now, uh, you know, maybe somebody's uh, you know hearing that rattle, or maybe they're tired of, of fixing that. You guys do great deals on trade-ins, and now is a, a perfect opportunity to jump into something new.
4: Absolutely, and right now it's it's an interesting market, right? There's actually fewer cars on the market than there normally is, so we're paying top dollar for trades, and then Ford's stepping up too. So if you purchase a new Ford on most makes and models. Ford is even going to kick in, and what they call trade assist rebate. So you get the discounts and rebates that anybody else would, but then when you bring that trade into it, it's even bigger. So it really helps uh, make it worth your time to take advantage of it and trade up.
1: So now is uh, the best time to do it. Absolutely,
4: and I'm telling you, man, I, it's one of those things where, right? If you haven't had heated seats, once you have, them, you never go back. Yeah. And then you think, oh, I don't need the heated steering wheel. Once you have it, you never go back. <laughs> you know. And then to be able to do things like start a car with your phone, or just all of those things. I mean it really does make the things we do every day, you know, much more enjoyable.
1: And if you can get top dollar on that old clunker, that doesn't sound bad either.
4: Perfect time to do it.
1: Do it. All right. The time is now. Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln here in Draper. Eric, thanks, buddy. We appreciate you. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: Utah's highest-rated, most-listened-to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally-owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5. 1280 The Zone, live from Larry H. Miller, Ford, Lincoln, Draper, 11442 South, Lone Peak Parkway. Come on out, say hello to us. Gordon, we're going to have Tanner Mangum on at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Kalani Sataki had um, media availability earlier today. And uh, there's uh, some, you know, fodder out there on the Internet. Uh, the Pac-12, as they've, you know, struggled to... Uh, have all their games go at once. We saw that uh, game between Cal and UCLA kind of created out of thin air last week. Uh, There's some thought going around that perhaps the Pac-12 would uh, make their schools available to schedule non-conference games if such an arrangement could be worked out. Now, obviously, BYU has North Alabama this week uh, and are spoken for. But maybe uh, next week, going on in, in the future, what do you think about the idea of maybe... BYU picking up some games against some Pac-12 schools, if it could happen.
2: Yeah, if it could happen. It would be terrific. Uh, but I, I, I don't know what how possible that really is. Because um, BYU, I mean, okay, this week they have uh, North Alabama, right? Then the following week they have off. And then the following week they have San Diego State. So when, when are you going to fit it in?
1: No, the, the week they have off, or maybe yeah. the week after San Diego State. I'd have to look at uh, what the Pac-12 is doing there. but
2: Yeah, they're playing the San Diego State game, I think, is on the 12th, so that would be the 19th.
1: And what's the date? Isn't the 20th the college football playoff date, which they're thinking about bumping back, by the way.
2: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know they, how... should, they should bump it back, Jake. Uh,
1: don't you think so? Well, I've been saying that for a couple yeah. of weeks now. So, yeah, yeah I absolutely. I knew
2: like I got that, that great ideas from somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, me, when I brought it up a couple of weeks ago. After Actually, I, I had been thinking about it for a while. Like, why, why is this date, you know, set in The stone? best but, way
2: to describe Rick Majerus, somebody said. Actually, I think it was me.
1: <laughs> a wise man once said. Oh, yeah, that wise man was me. Uh, but Joel Clapp was tweeting about it a couple of weeks ago, and since then the, the concept has kind of heated up. But, you know, mm-hmm. B- BYU, if they could just add one game, I mean, that would be amazing, right? I oh, mean, especially if, for... it,
2: if it were a P5 game, that would be a lot of fun to see.
1: And I don't know why it couldn't happen. I mean, they just threw that UCLA-Cal game together, what, two days before it was to be played?
2: Yes, I've never seen this kind of nimble-footedness as far as scheduling goes. Are you kidding me? They scheduled that game within a 24-hour period.
1: Yeah, it, what, uh, Friday afternoon, uh, we found out that those games weren't officially going to be played, and the game ended up being played Sunday morning, which is great, which is the way that I feel like we, the Pac-12 should have been operating all along. Maximum I, flexibility, I never, take it as it comes. Yeah, I, I, I never
2: I never understood the conference-only concept. I mean, uh, BYU, knock on wood for them, has had better luck as far as, as, far as what we know controlling uh this thing it's not like okay if you're a Pac-12 school you better not play a school like BYU because they may not be quite as vigilant in their testing and in their safety protocols and whatnot it seems like they have been and so uh, why not
1: yeah I agree get get those games in and if it would uh, happen to you know uh, create an interesting matchup for BYU and and you know depending on the team what would be likely their their toughest test of the year i mean i think we all want to see that i i bet you there are some BYU fans out there who say no don't don't uh, you know risk the perfect season but i i think i would bet most most fans want to see this team tested as many uh, all right. as possible right exactly
2: can. any fan that's going to Chicken out. I mean, I understand it, and I think it's smart for BYU to back off on their schedules a little bit because they're not good enough to to uh, play that kind of schedule typically, and uh, and be really successful. And we see the the way this has paid off for them this year. But throw in one or two. Why
0: not?
1: Right. I yeah. I agree. Um- our friend the Trailer just sent this in on the Twitter machine. He says, If a Pac 12 school comes calling, you buy out North Alabama so fast it makes the air whistle. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if they could do that. I mean, the week of the this game, lead, could you yeah. just buy them out. I mean, that'd be <laughs> a pretty, that'd be a pretty, um, no, that wouldn't seem all that upstanding to me. Oh,
5: North Alabama way. would be fine with it, wouldn't they? Uh, don't get their do heads it. beat in and kicked in and stepped on, and they get a bunch of millions of dollars. Or not millions, but whatever.
1: Yeah, I don't get know how a much a nice
5: they... check, yeah. $8 million. That's what they no, pay in they Northern w- Alabama. W- they
1: want to
2: play. <laughs> Why? It's about the kids.
1: I agree.
5: They'll all get their arms, legs, and ACLs ripped apart. They're a 47 and a half dog. 47 and a half. I that, can't is, that is human torture. I can't
2: yeah, believe that, that's, a, oh, that's, a line. that's a team lining up for a payday. That's... So pay them and don't play
5: it, and, yeah, and get that, the, the Cal Bears
1: in town or whatever.
2: That is uh, not an even match, not at all.
1: Stacy on Twitter reminds us. She says BYU has two weekends between North Alabama and San Diego State. Wow! And then adds, "Let's get a game."
2: Wait, 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 wait! They do? Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, well, let's see here. I mean, this Sunday would be. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess yeah. she's right. Or this cool. Saturday. Yeah. So. At a Yeah, add as many games as you can. But the, I yeah. mean, the Pac-12 would have to uh, allow that to happen. What's the downside? I don't see any. That's why I'm saying. I don't, I don't see any good reason not to. Uh, especially if BYU you have the, might lose? the flexibility to pull it off. I'm talking not? about for the Pac-12. Okay. I'm not talking about. I mean, for the, you,
2: give, you give your teams a chance to play.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, you – in. In theory, you'd have BYU coming uh, to play at your home, so that falls under your TV contract. So, I mean, and I don't, I don't know if BYU would be demanding millions of dollars. I think they just want to get as many games in as they can, too, right? So, I don't, I don't see a whole lot of reason not to do it, except for Larry Scott's a moron and <laughs> wouldn't uh, be open to that for some unexplained reason.
2: Maybe they were worried about setting a bad precedent. How so? Well, I mean, if you do that for one team, then you would you have to do that for everybody.
1: I think you're you're taking a team like uh, UCLA this past week where they lose a game because their opponent uh, is having issues and can't field the team. So then you allow that team who's ready to roll to reschedule a game against BYU. I think that's that's the idea, because the Pac-12 hasn't left themselves any any wiggle room. But you don't want a team like Utah to play just four games if they could possibly get more in, you know. And I'm just using Utah as an example because they've missed a couple. But, you know, or if there was was...
2: an opportunity for that kind of thing, would they would they pull another Pac-12 team into that? But then it gets complicated because. You're dealing with – it's like it's like uh, having all your kids around the dinner table and you're giving one of the kids more mashed potatoes than the other and, and then favoritism comes in and then arguments erupt and who knows what.
1: I think you just say, hey, if we can make a game for you in the conference, we're going to do that. But if we can't, go find one. And if I'm BYU during those off weeks, I'm making phone calls and I'm saying, hey, listen, we're here. If you need us, we're here. We'll travel. We got the jet ready to roll.
2: And they're, if they're if they're being just as cautious with their protocols,
1: then then what's the concern? Yeah. Well, let's let's play Kalani's thoughts from today. Austin has those dialed up. Let's give it a listen.
0: Kalani Martin Hanks. He's the Pac-12 associate commissioner for football ops. He he made a statement over the weekend that they were going to look into potentially allowing Pac-12 teams to play non-conference games. I wanted to ask you not specifically about that and scheduling, but how soon do you feel like you would need to find out that you were playing an opponent to feel like you're adequately adequately prepared to play
6: well i guess that depends on whether we're on the road or at home that that factors into it and the timing for us is just you know we, we don't look past any opponent uh, uh, other than that week and so for me get it done as soon as you can so that gives us time that when we're done with our, our, our current game we can move on to scouting them and, and getting that done I, I watched the Cal UCLA game on Sunday, you know, and and, and that that seemed like a quick turnaround. And I think it worked out for both teams to to be able to get that game going. But uh, for us, if you want to get our best look, I think you have to give us a week of preparation. But I think it's the right thing to do on both sides, you know. So I don't know how you want to factor all that stuff between that, the travel and everything that can go. um, I, I just... You know tom's asked me to get our guys ready to play every week and that's that's my that's what i'm going to do and so uh if we get any news on anything then we'll go from there okay hanks by the way is a great 49er loved watching him play that he's my niners
1: um so there you go. There's uh, Kalani's thoughts on it. I mean, I don't know how realistic getting a week uh, notice would necessarily be, although we know already that the, uh, the Arizona State game for this weekend is not going to go. So, uh, you know, I suppose you never know. But uh, we found out with Utah at the very last moment in the last two weeks. So who knows how realistic that would be. But I would guess uh, if uh, they, someone told BYU to show up for a game that they'd be there ready to go.
2: Yeah, that's well. That's what he. Yeah, that's what he's saying. He's saying my team's ready to go. I'm gonna have them ready to go, and let's go.
1: That'd be tough. I mean, it, that would be something unique where you find out you're playing on Friday or Thursday and playing on Saturday. <laughs> I would.
2: I never want to hear. I never want to hear anybody use an excuse that uh, quote unquote we can't get ready that quick anymore after what we're seeing this time around. I mean, guys. It is possible to put, put a game together. It is definitely possible. It's doable, so do it. Yeah.
1: All right. It is the big show. We've got the Knot Sports Report coming up next. Tanner Mangum at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. We are live from Larry H. Miller Ford Lincoln here in Draper, 11442 South Lone Peak Parkway. We'll have more coming up next. 97.5 and 1280
0: The Zone. Check this out. And now your Knot Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network.
1: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordo, the world-famous Papa P. Dropping by the remote just a moment ago. Oh, oh Papa good P. Good friend. P. Right. Yeah. Papa P. has been a friend of the station for, shoot, as long as I've been here. a Long, long time. Uh, big thanks to him for for dropping by it's time to get a winner for the chevy strong play of the game be caller 12 right now 855-340-ZONE and correctly identify the chevy strong play of the game announced by dj and pk this morning at eight fifty and you'll win a zone prize pack this is chevy strong play of the game brought to you by your rocky Mountain chevy dealers right here on the zone sports network Uh, it's time for band or band of the day it's time for the not sports report gordon where are we going today
2: uh, good news on the uh, Moderna virus, a uh, vaccine. It seems like uh, it was, uh, according to their test results, 94.5 percent effective or something. Uh, that, that's good news, Jake.
1: Yeah, very much. That's so. good news.
2: All right. Uh, this isn't such great news, but uh, it's, it is, in retrospect, uh, a little bit funny or at least entertaining. Apparently, a couple of... Uh, uh, home invaders in Michigan broke into a house at 3 a.m. and, and uh, tied up uh, the occupants of the house and threatened them. And then in the middle of doing so, one of them got a phone call and realized that they had broken into the wrong house. The house they were intending to break into was a house next door and so they left that the first house went to the second house and invaded that house and then after they were done invading that house they went back reportedly to the first house and untied everybody and apologized
1: (laughs) that's funny but they got caught
2: i think they have been caught (laughs) Yes, they were caught. Uh, they were charged uh, on Wednesday, sixteen felony counts, including armed robbery, home invasion, unlawful imprisonment, and more. They both were given half million dollar bond. Mm. And they well, are I guess in they're, they're
1: somewhat polite for felons. Uh, yeah,
2: I mean they they <laughs> they said, "Oops, I'm sorry,
1: my bad." I probably would have left them there if it would have been me.
2: Oh my goodness! But it's, this is where it's scary. It was a father and three kids, three children, hmm. who were tied up. But they, they, they were did go back and and uh,
1: and let them loose, huh?
2: Yeah. So that was. I thought that was big of them to go, <laughs> to go See,
1: back. See, at that at that point, aren't you committed? I mean, yeah, you you broke into the wrong house, but at, at that point, don't don't you just need to? rob that house and come back to the other one some other time <laughs> that, that's what uh, robbery
2: 101 says
5: uh, right, do, buy do, the book.
1: isn't that genie already out of the bottle <laughs> you,
2: you would you would think so you uh, know what this is the
1: wrong house but we're gonna go ahead and take what you got sorry
5: d- did they take the rope back with them and say can
1: we can we get that back we, we gotta it's use nice it somewhere nylon. else i tell you what it was expensive <laughs> that parachute I, I get, cord yeah can i get that back please uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. At what point are you committed to an armed robbery? I think. I think by that point the ship has sailed, and you say, "Hey, what valuables do you have here? We'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and take those and get out."
2: Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to coach up anybody on how to do it right.
1: Where's Lloyd when you need him?
2: <laughs> no, please don't. If you're thinking about doing something like that, please don't. You know, rethink that. You know, go with a different plan. And by the way, do you know know that today is the 30th anniversary of uh, the incident that took place on a British Airways flight when the pilot was sucked out of a cockpit at 23,000 feet and a flight attendant grabbed him and pulled him back in? Wow, that's brave. What? You don't believe it? That's not. That's an, that's in the Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> that can't happen. Let me read this to you. The incredible tale of how a British Airways pilot was sucked out of the cockpit mid-flight and survived, uh, let's see, some 30, 27 minutes into the flight from Birmingham to Malaga. Malaga. How do you say that? As the plane was traveling over some other territory over there across <laughs> the pond, two of the six cockpit windows shattered. And the captain was ripped from his seat and sucked out of the window at 23,000 feet. The force blew the cockpit door from its hinges, nearly knocking flight attendant Nigel Ogden to the ground. Mr. Ogden rushed into the cockpit and managed to grab the pilot's legs as he disappeared out the window.
5: All right, so but the way you set it up was this guy got sucked out of the cockpit and as he went by A-14, the the (laughs) flight attendant smashed the window and grabbed him by the shoelaces. That's
2: not what I said.
5: You said he was sucked out of the cockpit in an air air flat Attendant reached out and grabbed him.
2: That's he wasn't sucked
5: out. He was still in. He grabbed him by the ankles and Cause they him were back in, in. The cockpit still. He was not sucked out. He was being sucked out, but hadn't been sucked out. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> the uh, flight attendant said, and I quote: "I whipped round and saw the front windscreen had disappeared, and Tim, the pilot, was going out through it.
5: Tim, the pilot.
2: He, he had been sucked out of his seatbelt, and all I could see." Or the bottom of his legs. I jumped over the control column and grabbed him round his waist to avoid him going out completely. His shirt had been pulled off his back and his body was bent upwards, doubled over round the top of the wow. aircraft. His legs were jammed forward, disconnecting the autopilot, and the flight door was resting on the controls, sending the plane hurtling down at nearly six hundred and fifty kilometers. Uh, an hour through some of the most congested skies in the world. So pulled them back in. The Sea
5: was angry that day, my friend,
2: <laughs> and everybody was okay. Man, I, I last time I flew it was hard enough just to get you know a, a, a diet coke. This 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 uh, this uh, flight attendant deserves something a big raise.
5: He, the guy, the window broke, and he held on to him, so he stayed in the cockpit. Oh, just He's What like, a I'm fish sure, story. I'm
2: sure he flew out the window, and someone reached down and out and grabbed him. He jumped out, parachute <laughs> not, not without
5: a parachute, skydived all the way down, grabbed him, and then found his way up to the plane again. And that's not, the, the window broke, and they all stayed inside. Yes, but that's still. Tim, the pilot. He could have been sucked out,
1: too. But he wasn't. I'm still trying to understand the Diet Coke joke. I don't get it.
2: <laughs> what don't you get?
1: You have a tough time getting a Diet Coke?
2: <laughs> it was a joke, Jake. Oh, I know. Like, I don't like, get it. Like I'm telling service. you, I don't. <laughs> that service these days is tough to come by <laughs> but, and this flight attendant was grabbing a guy by the ankles and pulling him back into the cockpit but Meanwhile, Gordon does
5: strike me as the guy in A14 that while he's holding the guy in the cockpit says
1: hey where's that diet coke? yeah who's complaining about not getting a diet coke? I never I know you're I never, saving a life and all no, but jeez I, I I'm, no, a, I'm no, a little parched do not can you leave the can
0: <laughs> I said light ice
2: and <laughs> can you get me some of those nuts? All right. We're live here. Larry H. Miller, well,
1: Lincoln Draper, 11442 <laughs> South Lone Peak Parkway. But really, just jump off 515 on the 114 South exit. And it's uh, just west of the freeway. Our friend Eric is jumping on with us once again. What do you want to get to this time, Eric?
4: Well,. A couple things I wanted to cover, but one in our showroom we do have a Coke Freestyle machine, right? So Diet Coke, a million different flavors, whatever you want, we got them here, and you don't have to jump out of an airplane to get it. You can just walk in; it's no problem. It's cool, and we do love having people here, and we have a great showroom. But I did not want to talk about: we can do the entire transaction online. Like, matter of fact, we're just in a few minutes. A customer that lives downtown, they've got a truck coming to them they just picked it online calculated their payments did their loan the whole nine nine so never even have to come into the store if you know what you want you know what you're looking for it makes it easy and you know it's a simple thing right so if a person just goes to www.lhm4draper.com you can see our inventory there there's a link to buy online and if you don't want to hang out with us and drink Diet Cokes you can just (laughs) hang out at home and you know we can bring a truck to you so it makes it super easy for sure
1: you know I noticed that on the way in you guys have the uh, you've got the little stand right there there's somebody who greets you and you you guys are really doing everything you can to make everybody feel nice and comfortable
4: yeah we know I mean statistically right people like going to a car dealership less than they like going to a dentist and we try to make it fun we try to make it easy and so whether that's an in-store process that's fun and easy or like i said we're happy to do the whole thing you can do it from your couch whatever you bring looking a car for. to you want, right to your house so and
1: uh we noted this earlier but uh trucks are tough to come by these days and you have them here they yeah, are here
4: absolutely if you've got some toys you want to haul around if you're ready to upgrade into a truck even with the truck shortage right as utah's largest volume ford store We have trucks here ready to go, and uh, we'd love to help get you into one.
1: All right. It's Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln here in Draper, 11442 South Lone Peak Parkway. Thank you very much, Eric. All right. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started.
0: This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network.
1: My
2: opinion is BYU has not been as friendly to Kalani as they need to be, or should have been. He was going into a lame duck year before they extended him to 2023. This would have been his lame duck season, and they extended him midway through last season. That's pushing it too close to the edge. If he goes undefeated and has a top 15 pick, BYU better show him some confidence and extend him out another two years and be like, hey, we just want to show you, we really screwed up on the first lack of extension. they better show him now before the offers come in. Because if you don't, I like that university, but if I'm coaching there and I've got a power five team that comes swooping in and they're like, here's 3.2 and here's a two and a half million dollar yeah. increase on your coaching pool. My name's on that contract.
0: Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 975 1280 the zone in the Zone Sports Network.